Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Yeah, you're coming now. Welcome to Wrestling Daft, the marks, and I think we're all in a post-WrestleMania hangover. Only one thing for it, really. <laughs> there we go. So we get to be here for the working man. Um, I'm John, producer of Wrestling Daft and host of the show. Sitting across from me, well, not sitting across from me, sitting somewhere in his flat in Glasgow. He's a man that, when lying down, is actually longer than the length of the Edge versus Randy Orton match at WrestleMania. It's Big Alex. Almost recovered Big Alex as well. I've managed to sleep my WrestleMania hangover off. I'm back fresh as a working human being again. Good to hear, mate, because you were, you were looking, during the WrestleMania broadcast, uh, you were looking a little bit ropey at points. I needed something to get through it, John, let's be honest, you know. <laughs> true, true, true. And a man who loves to drop a name more than he loves the Firefly Funhouse match is Scotland's premier wrestling journalist from Sports Key, that's Gary Cassidy. Hello, and I'm bang opposite. I have been watching wrestling and then waking up five minutes before work oh, every day since uh, WrestleMania the first day. So, oh, you must I'm be quite with Alex here. <laughs> you must be feeling that rest that WrestleMania hangover worse than anyone um, ever so slightly. <laughs> so let's get straight into it then. I guess um, Wrestle WrestleMania. I have to say thanks first of all to all our patrons who got involved there. We had a patron party um, on the Saturday night where we all sat, watched WrestleMania together, got horribly drunk. Big shout out to Lingo Scott. Lingo offended. <laughs> I know. We offended a lot of people. Um, and big shout out to Scott who managed two bottles of electric uh, melon mad dog during that time. Uh, it was quite impressive feat. Uh, lots of other people involved in that. Mark, Andrew, just a couple of those who got involved. And we also had the WrestleMania quiz before it. Um, these are all the wonderful things that can happen if you become a Patreon, of course. Um, Patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Uh, WrestleMania quiz absolutely stormed at a canter by Bronze Chell, who like scored, like, I think we had 40 questions and he scored like 35 or 32 or something like that. It was ridiculous. He absolutely strolled it. So uh, get involved in our Patreon to get involved in all that. As I say, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. But WrestleMania itself, boys, what did we think? To give a big shout out to both the pre-produced matches. I would do more pre-produced matches moving forward, more of it. And I, I don't want to see the Undertaker in the ring. I just want to see him pre-produced video segments. Maybe even the same with The Fiend. Yeah, right, right. so the, the big highlights for you, Alex, I mean, were the pre-produced uh, matches? What about the matches that happened inside the ring? Some of them were really good. I felt some of them were just, I don't know, I think a couple of the wrestlers don't really thrive without a crowd, and it does kind of hamper the match quality a little bit. And I think I'm surprised they didn't kind of go down the AEW route and get at least a couple of fans or a couple of wrestlers in attendance, but... I'm kind of of the opinion they're trying desperately not to copy them at this point. Uh, so the, the highlights, obviously, then the pre-produced uh, matches for you, Alex. What was there anything failing from or missing from WrestleMania for you? There was there was quite a lot missing, really, wasn't there? I felt that a lot of their big moments, like your big Otis win, obviously Big Drew, just didn't have the same kind of carry with it, and. Even I, I, did, I say as well that I missed a lot of kind of good WrestleMania surprises, but the biggest one was all the returning legends that show up in like the little backstage segments and stuff like that. Because yeah. obviously they're all probably I hate to say it old. In, <laughs> yeah, they're in they're in that group. They're in the danger zone. So you don't want them anywhere near, or you want them all in isolation. Essentially, you want them all alive for next year's WrestleMania. So. That was a bit of a shame. I mean, you could have got around that with more pre-produced stuff, but again, I'm guessing that they didn't want to lean too heavily on the pre-produced stuff and they wanted a lot of in-ring content. Yeah, yeah. Gary, let's come to you on WrestleMania. Obviously, from you, from your perspective, I've seen you raving, obviously, about the Firefly Funhouse match. What was, what was WrestleMania for you this year? Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I've been saying for a while, uh, or since, since the first night, that if you couldn't take something away from that that you enjoyed, I'm not sure wrestling's for you, really, because I thought it was brilliant, given the circumstances. Obviously, like Alex said, there was things that would have been a lot better with a crowd and felt a wee bit awkward because there wasn't a crowd there. The pre-produced matches were insane, um, but my main thing that I took away from it was having WrestleMania over two days, having the shorter shows was incredible. I don't think I got bored once during it um, because I, I was kind of conditioned into a longer event. 
um, even with Raw. Uh, Raw was the same length as each night of WrestleMania. So I was just, I, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was nicely paced both nights. I loved the pre-produced matches, but also one thing that has stuck in my head since it was the John Morrison, Kofi Kingston, Jimmy Uso match. I thought that was brilliant as well. There's, there's, I thought most of it was great. There was only a few things I was like, oh, I could have done without that. So overall, success. Right. I think what Gary says about timing and pacing over the two nights, I think they, I think he's damn right about that. They got that spot on. It was, it was well-paced and they put the right matches where the right matches should have been. Yep. Yeah, I thought the second night actually was felt a bit slower. I don't know what you guys thought, but I thought the second night. I think I think that's largely to do with the Edge Orton match, though. Maybe. <laughs> I think that definitely went upon a bit too long, and I'm of the opinion that they shouldn't have made that a gimmick match. I think they maybe there's maybe a bit too much to ask Edge after nine years, and they were maybe having to play it a little bit safe because mm. they're not quite sure still how far Edge can push it. We got a lovely tour of the performance center, though, so that that was good to see, you know. But I think it was six thousand square feet. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a bit of a shame for um for like some of the upcoming NXT matches that Gargano and Champa are doing, uh, kind of a, a empty arena match. And you'd imagine that might kind of hamper what those guys can do around the back of the performance center, or maybe That's... they've kind of had to have that conversation with Ed and Orton and be like, "We're going to do this." So don't You're do going to go this way. You go the other way. Yeah, yeah exactly. So maybe they've I, done that. I'm not I, sure. Right. So let's give it the melt, sir. Uh, out of five stars, um, Gary, we'll come to you first. What are you giving it? I'm saying four and a half. Um, I think wow. there was that much I liked about it that uh, it wasn't perfect. Of course, it wasn't. It was never going to be. Obviously, I'm kind of. I'm scoring it to a different level than I normally would because the crowd wasn't there and stuff. But considering what I expected and what we got, I think it needs to be a four to a four and a half, and I'm going to lead yeah. a four and a half. Alex, I'd come in at about a three and a half. I think I enjoyed less the wrestling content than Gary did, but things to do with the circumstances, a couple of the standout matches, and the overall balance of the show, I think does have to rank up a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Do you know, I, I, I was, I think after night one, I think it was just because I was so drunk on night one that um, I, I kind of went, oh, this is rubbish. This is rubbish. They gave like two stars, but I think <laughs> by the end of the event, I think you, I kind of looked back and went, actually, you know, it's going back to what you say. It's like what they did with what they had. You know, you, you've got to take that into uh, context. And, uh, so I, I'd go with you three and a half. I'd go with you on, on a three and a half for it because it, it was cracking. I mean, I think it was big. I mean, there was parts of it you can obviously criticise. I mean, the, the Braun Strowman Goldberg match, um, which was exactly the Gronk same. Gronk in general. Gronk in general. Uh, but, you know, it was really weird because obviously the they kind of mirrored each The title match, he's kind of mirrored each other. But I think it was because obviously there was a story behind Drew. And that moment, you were so more invested than as opposed to Braun, who just turned up and took the title, you know? I think also the placement on the card, because I think Drew had to finish the pay-per-view, but having anything on after the Firefly Funhouse match was putting it in a bit, a bit of a difficult position. So yeah. I think it had to be a quick match after that. But it's insane just how much of a different reaction you get for two identical I know. matches I know. <laughs> online. <laughs> it really was. Uh, so yeah, I thought it was, you know I thought there was matches on there that were unnecessary. You know the with the OS. You know that moment with OS. If that imagine if a crowd had been there, it would have been phenomenal. I thought you were about to say that was unnecessary. As I said on the Patreon party, fat lads everywhere are loving Otis just now. He's the new pair up. I mean, if it means we one maybe one day there's hope for us all getting our very own Mandy, you know. Um, so yeah, I thought like I actually thought like you guys are saying what they did with what they had was really really well done and I went in as the biggest, biggest cynic into that Wrestlemania and I came out with a smile on my face and you've got to applaud everyone at WWE the, the production staff the creative the wrestlers themselves because it just left you with a smile on your face you know in these days when you, you can't see any other sports it was the one thing that was still there for you so you know, I was. I think I was very critical of Vince last week on my promo, but I'm taking it all back now and saying, <laughs> well done, well done. I think they did consider that into their booking this time. They, they definitely wanted to make it more of a happier show. And, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here, if this is kind of how they're signing things off for the next couple of weeks or not. 
we'll get into that when we talk about Raw uh, and the Barrier Putovers, but just going through some of the listeners' reactions to the event itself. Mikey comes out in with a five out of five when we're, we're putting out the Melsers. He's uh, putting over the last match standing match, which I personally don't, wouldn't have put over. Uh, Brutal to watch, but also good to see the performance center and the whole setup. Uh, Buddy COVID 19 for denying Drew that ultimate pop. Um, Pablo's Vote of Horror is giving it a five as well. <laughs> Buddy Tamina still dressing like a Klingon warrior <laughs> and putting over Bray Wyatt and John Cena's batshit Firefly Funhouse. Now, before we move on, let's get into the Firefly Funhouse. Um, going back and re watching it and seeing all the analysis online, it just it was like a David Lynch movie. It was like totally just out of there. But, you know, it was so smartly done. Um, the fact it was like Cena facing all his fears. Because you didn't get that. You're sitting watching this going, oh, look, he's coming dressed as the NWO. Oh. And, and you're just, you know, then you go back in and analyze it. You go, fucking, that's really smart. Really smart. Gary, you've looked a bit more into this, haven't you? I think... Obviously, I don't. I think calling it a match is a bit odd, but if we say it's a match, I think it is the most rewatchable match I've ever seen, um, and probably the most bizarre match I've ever seen as well. I think it even beats like total nonstop deletion, which was the, there beforehand. But I, I just um, when I was watching it at the time, I was kind of trying to add up things in my head while watching it. Again, had to go back and watch it, and when I went back and watched it, it all started clicking into place about it being John Cena facing his own fears and projecting his insecurities onto the fiend. The very like I think the end was phenomenal when Bray Wyatt's finally getting the win and echoing in your uh, through the audio as the most overrated, overprivileged yeah. uh, WWE superstar in existence. Genius, uh, and I just think is knowing that um, knowing that Bray Wyatt and John Cena had a big hand. I think we're going to talk about that later, but had a big hand in it, um, and yeah. knowing that John Cena okayed everything, specifically oh. the Nikki Bella stuff. As well. Exactly, I was, I was good. That. The Nikki Bella stuff was like. I didn't get that. I didn't pick up on that at the time, but I was like, oh, that is <laughs> You know, you look back and go, wow. You know, the, the, that whole ending where he's beating up the, the pig and <laughs> realises he's turned heel and that look in his face and then the, the, the fiend just coming up from behind. Just brilliant. Just brilliant. It's, it's, it's the references to Hogan I really like. And the way they even had him, I mean, Kyle O'Reilly will be very upset that he stole his guitar spot. Yeah. Hogan was doing it 20 years before O'Reilly, but it's O'Reilly's now, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, right, let's carry on with uh, some of the, the listeners' uh, responses to WrestleMania. Alan Delisle, who was on our Patreon party, thanks for joining us, Alan. 3.5, I'd actually have to bury uh, the Drew match. Deserved a longer, a bit more action, uh, rather than having Claymore kicks and F5s every few seconds. I kinda, I would like to have seen them went longer with that and a, you know, a, and a bit more in there, but I, I, I can agree with that. Yeah, I'd have taken 10 minutes off the edge or match and shoved it onto that one personally. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, David Graham, four out of five, put over Drew, obviously, and Nicky Cross for doing all the hard work just for Alexa to finish the match and Buddy and Elias versus Corbin. Pointless match with no interest in it. I think we're all agreed on that. That just really was, wasn't great. Wasn't it great. Uh, and we didn't have the Gronk uh, running that you predicted, uh, Alex, wasn't it? You predict, did you predict a Gronk? Yeah, I was surprised they didn't do anything with that, but I guess yeah. they did the 24-7 stuff with Gronk instead, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean gives it three and a half out of five. Put over Drew, obviously, but also the Boneyard match, burning the commentators during the Edge Orton match, and anything involving Gronk. Alan Marshall putting over the Undertaker versus Styles, the guts of the performers to participate in the current situation, um, and Buddy and Vinnie Mack for running the show in the current situation, and also Edge touching every surface in the performance center and Gronk get him to fuck Chris Vid 19 um, put over all those in the show in front and behind the camera far exceeded our expectations and bury the last man standing for lasting too long big mad Andy 5 out of 5 again Tom Phillips uh, on comms puts you to sleep during a, certainly during that last man standing match and putting over NWO Cena didn't know how much I needed that in my life yep we're all in agreement with that and finally Stuart Brody 4 out of 5 Put her over Undertaker being just cool as fuck. Uh, Drew bringing the title home and the buddy the ref begging Orton not to kill Edge, then saying nothing to Edge during the concerto. They both have families. Also, the ref not counting the pins during the figure eight. Fair points, well made there, uh, guys. So, summing up WrestleMania, generally, I think everyone's YouTube quite happy about it. I'll probably go back and watch it at some point. I think it was that good, and I've no, I don't think I felt that way about an entire WrestleMania for. Maybe ever. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, think they, I think they did. They did fine. They did fine. They did fine. That's all. They did fine. Which for them is really good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so on the show today, we, um, we'll be looking back uh, at the shows prior to WrestleMania, and we'll be looking back at the Raw after WrestleMania. It should be interesting. We'll be burying and putting over stuff from that. Um, Gary has got all the news from the business. There's not much going on at the moment, but we'll, we'll, we'll bring you what we've got. Uh, I'm going to be on Fantasy Booking Island, where I am booking post-Mania AJ Styles. I hope there's a storyline to how he gets out of the dirt. Well, <laughs> if you just bring it back casually, I'm going to be very disappointed. Not <laughs> we'll look into that on Fantasy Booking Island. And wrestler, promoter, trainer, seller of merchandise and metal detector extraordinaire, Kid Fight will tell us about some of his favourite things in wrestling in the 10 count. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. Okay then, it's time to open a can of whoop-ass on uh, wrestling uh, as we hand over the microphone uh, and cut a promo. And this week, it's Gary Cassidy. This kind of follows on for a lot of stuff we've said and kind of also follows on for a promo I cut before on here. People are going to think I'm just taking a shot at WWE fans. This time I'm not. I'm also adding a couple of journalists into the bargain as well. Ooh! Like we said... On your own! <laughs> like we said uh, earlier, um, I think if you came away for this WrestleMania without a smile on your face, you maybe just shouldn't be watching wrestling. Um, we already knew going in it wasn't going to be like any other WrestleMania. We had no crowd. We'd already said, you know, any title changes that happen is kind of robbing someone of a moment. WWE, for me, backs against the walls. They've done everything to make it a good show, and I think they delivered 100%. But I'm still seeing so many people moaning and moaning and moaning online about some of the things. One of the most annoying ones that always comes up, so I mean, it's, it's gone to the bottom of the list, is people saying that somebody's buried. Rhea Ripley is not buried. Rhea Ripley had an amazing, lengthy match with Charlotte Flair. There was the choice to either put Rhea Ripley over, and then... It, builds her, it makes her more legitimate, or you can have Charlotte Flair win, and she is essentially came in, won the Royal Rumble, chose to go to NXT, and won the NXT Championship, and that's going to put over the entire TV show of NXT. Rhea Ripley is not buried. Rhea Ripley is very young. She'll have a lot more time to get that win back, to do whatever, and she looked incredible during that match as well. The only person buried during WrestleMania was AJ Styles, and that's the only answer I'll take on that one. <laughs> The other thing that has really, really annoyed me, and this is less of fans saying it, this is one particular journalist, and Rudo Lightning, if he's listening, might agree with me here, I think. It's Dave Meltzer. Um, it gets a lot of criticism. Normally, I try and kind of defend that criticism because I think he does get a raw deal sometimes. This time, I can't defend him. Um, two things he said during WrestleMania really, really irked me. The first one was halfway through the second night, he put up saying, the Snickers commercial was the best thing that's ha mm -hmm. happened in WrestleMania so far. Or the only good thing happened, I think he said. I thought everything up until then was really good on the second show for a start. Um, you know, maybe the, the Edge Orton match, maybe it did go on a wee bit too long. But everything else was quite good up until that point. And the other thing that he picked up on was indeed that Edge-Randy Orton match. He's gave it one star and said it's the worst WrestleMania match of all time. Now, I really respect how long Dave Meltzer's been in the business. But knowing how long he's been in the business knows, like, makes you know that he's seen matches such as Akebono versus Big Show, Kane versus Kali, <laughs> Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez, Butterbean versus Bart Gunn, King Kong Bundy versus SD Jones, Michael Cole against Jerry the King oh, Waller, God. and of course the debut of Snooki for what was it, Jersey Shore? <laughs> so I've just rhymed off a lot of worst WrestleMania matches there. And that's before we even get into this year. I don't think Edge versus Randy Orton was the worst show, uh, worst match on this WrestleMania. No. Sure, it went a wee bit long, but I think it hit everything it had to hit. And I actually think if you made up a 10-minute, 15-minute video package for that match, it would look like an incredible match. So I, I just think, you know, he's trying to be the, the, the guy that, you know, he says something just to be controversial. I'm not going to compare him to the likes of Donald Trump or Katie Hopkins, but... I think he's the wrestling equivalent of Donald Trump and Katie Hopkins with what he said this week. <laughs> uh, what, about Cornette, what about Jim Cornette, Gary? What about Jim Cornette? Let's not even get started on Jim Cornette. <laughs> um, but um, no, I, th I think he's just trying to be controversial. I completely disagree with everything he's said. 
And again, what a lot of fans have said about certain wrestlers being buried and complaining about certain matches. It's fine to dislike things, of course it is. There's a lot of things I wasn't a big fan of over WrestleMania weekend. Gold Belt being one of them, but there was a few others as well that I was like, okay, I didn't need that. But I think just digging into things like that and, and saying like off the cuff, trying to be funny comments, like the Snickers commercial was the best thing about WrestleMania. It's just no right. I think people sometimes do just like, they don't see the entertainment. They don't see what people are doing. They just want to go online and have a moan. And again, like I'll go back to my last promo, get themselves over. No need. Be a fan. Enjoy it. If you did now see something during that WrestleMania weekend that you enjoyed, I don't think any wrestling is for you. So long and short, Dave Meltzer, retire. <laughs> <laughs> so as I said before, we are on Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's a subscription service where we offered you loads more content on there uh, and you just have to pay a little bit extra for it. We've got three tiers on there. Um, you can get, we at the weekend there for WrestleMania, the whole big WrestleMania build up, we had a WrestleMania preview show with three of us and uh, Rab on there. We had a WrestleMania quiz. We had a Patreon party. We had loads going on at Patreon uh, at the weekend and it will continue. We've got lots of stuff planned for that. Uh, so big shout out to our new patrons who have just joined us. Jack Logue, Lee Williamson, Scott McKenzie and Sam Taylor Holmes. We salute you. Um, you can get involved as well. Like I say, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Tier 1 is $4 a month. You'll get Patreon-only chat community. You'll get ad-free versions of the episodes. Uh, full unedited version of the flagship show with Rab and Grado. So you'll get to hear all the mistakes and uh, all the stuff that usually gets put in the cutting room before, which we normally can't put out in the normal podcast for legal reasons. Um, bonus content from the show, you'll get that as well. We've had uh, pictures of, uh, you know, round, 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 round. Ronda Rousey and Grado up there. We've got lots of other little bits and bobs that you can do, and you get to vote on what you want to see feature in the list of wrestling daft. Tier two is your Intercontinental Champion, ten dollars a month. Everything in tier one, but you'll get a video version of the podcast each week, and you'll get a bonus episode once a month. And as I said, we just did a WrestleMania preview. It's a little bit dated now, but I'm sure you'll go back, you'll listen to it, you'll really enjoy it. Um, tier three is you can see how wrong we all were with our predictions. Absolutely, we were pretty much. I was way out on some of them. Uh, tier three is the World Heavyweight Champions, twenty dollars a month. Everything in previous tiers. Uh, plus, you'll get a free T-shirt if you're signed up for three months. Um, also, we'll get tickets for the live events, and I, I say it every week, these will happen once the, the, the virus goes away. So, um, please get involved with us, patreon.com. That's what John says, he's not just got the perfect excuse. Yeah, <laughs> get involved, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. We'd love to welcome you to the wrestling daft roster. <laughs> So it's that time in the show where we look back at uh, wrestling television from the week as we bury and put over things from the shows. Two buries, two putovers, and we pick out match of the night as well. So we're going to get back in our DeLorean and go back to a time before WrestleMania, before Firefly Funhouse matches, before Boneyard matches, before Otis got Amandi. Oh, I love that moment. Um, let's go to AEW from last Wednesday and head to our AEW resident expert, Big Alex. Before we get into this week's show, I need to quickly put them over for something else in general. Right. Go. So I watched the um, the Edge twenty four set the WWE twenty four Edge documentary. Oh, that was good. That was good. Yeah, enjoyed that. And at one point, he essentially kind of goes, "The only real reason he went and got all the tests was just Cody and that approached him. So without them doing that, we wouldn't have got the Edge return at WrestleMania. So I've got to put them over for that first. Yeah, but I, I mean that's <laughs> pure Vince, isn't it? That's pure, pure Vince. It's like somebody else is sniffing about him, so let's go, let's go and get him. You know, I, um, I believe the quote from Vince was, "Well, it just it has to happen here," which which I liked. I thought it was very on. Yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. But getting into the actual show <laughs> from this week, uh, first of all, going to put over an actual wrestler just straight off the bat. Uh, Trent, he's been fantastic pretty much since AEW started. I mean, I haven't seen him in a singles match in years up until. But maybe a couple of months ago he was on one and of course he wrestled Kenny at the start of this show and it was just match of the night straight off the bat another fantastic kind of dark match from Kenny and he just looked excellent he made Trent look excellent and Trent very much proved he can hang with Kenny Omega secondly I'm going to have to go back to do you know what I mean it's, I'm finding it really difficult to not put Jericho over every week but I'm going to put over one specific specific Jericho moment that really pushed it this week and that was during the Vanguard 1 promo at um, 
what my flatmate is calling the mushroom palace, since it is the palace of Le Champion. <laughs> and just the moment where he shouted, release the hounds, and then you got five of Jericho's little kind of comedy dogs just chasing out after Vanguard one. I thought it was, I thought it was excellent. It was just great. <laughs> That's brilliant. But yeah, they were making the segments. He's just got a knack for making segments oh, genuinely yeah. funny. And a lot of wrestling segments really try to be funny and just don't get over the line. But he's just... Just every week, he's just absolutely nailing it. Man, he's a master of it all, Jericho. Uh, and what are your buddies from this week? Can you find any? Because I know you're such a mark for AEW. I've got, I've got a few. I've got a few. And I'm going to be really good and not bury the Brody Lee promo again, because that's easy. So, so first of all, I, kinda, I know Rab's going to hate me for burying something to do with Dustin Rhodes, but the concept of the natural nightmares, I, I don't get it, right? I'm all good for the tag team of uh, QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes. I get that they're using Dustin to get QT over and it's a good push for him. But the whole concept behind the tag team, the nightmare part of it, as far as I'm concerned, that's just Cody. I don't know why that's now being attached to Brandy since we had the Nightmare Collective and now we've got the Natural Nightmares. So I'm just, I just don't get that part of it. And it's just a bit rubbish to me. Fair point. They could do it a lot better, really, to be honest. And I'm pretty sure last week I put over their booking of the big guys, but I need to bury it this week because booking Lance Archer against Marco Stunt is for his debut match is just fucking stupid. <laughs> like, I, I get they wanted to do an Uber squash, and I get they obviously didn't have any local talent available because of the restrictions, so Marco kind of makes sense. But it was just last week you had Cody saying on commentary that he doesn't deserve to face him yet and he's going to go and prove himself and the match he gives him is Marco Stunt. Yeah, it just wasn't... This kind of went against quite a lot of their booking in my opinion. And uh, match of the night for you, my friend? Yeah, the opener, Trent versus Kenny. Uh, right, I'll come to uh, NXT then um, from last Wednesday. Um, let's start with the put-overs. Uh, Dexter Loomis, um, Samuel Shaw from Impact Wrestling. Was he Loomis in TNA? I think he was. Yeah. This guy's going to be big. I love the gimmick they've got. It's like this kind of mad serial killer. The whole presentation of it, the whole not blinking, the the entrance music, the whole like total psychopath kind of thing. I think this this guy's going to go all the way, and he's got deal decent in the ring as well. But it was the gimmick that I was immediately kind of drawn into. Oh, and he was fighting. Oh, God, who was he fighting? The guy who's just come in as well. He was making his debut. Oh, that's terrible. I can't even remember. He came from. You need to start writing this down. I know. (laughs) I know. Whichever one's easier. (laughs) Anyway, it was the guy. He was in like a California race. I can't even remember. He was was big there. Atlas. Yes, Jake Atlas. Thank you, yeah. Gary. I knew I could rely on you. Um, I was fighting Jake Atlas. <laughs> who's no, I but I'm not <laughs> casually looking at his phone there. <laughs> but um, I know. I think he looks like he will be a a good good prospect in NXT and beyond that. I think just the whole gimmick. Um, I can see him going far in it. Um, got to put over. You know, I was burying it last week. The gauntlet match to get into the ladder match, but it did that on NXT um, this week. And it just you sit back and admire how stacked. Now Charlotte's go ahead and take to NXT as well. How stacked that women's division is in NXT. You know, even the you know the talent that's you know in this getting used in this gauntlet match looked great. Um, you know, Shotzi came out looking brilliant in it. You know, she you're well into Shotzi right now. Oh, you're, just, you're just you're just I big know. up to Shotzi. Is there All something just about that comment here? <laughs> just just gets you really excited. But you know, it, you look at the, the talent they have down there. You know, it is it's incredible, and you know, adding Charlotte into the mix for that. Always Bianca Belair. We'll, we'll get to her on a minute, but always Bianca Belair is going the other way. But you can see it's just a, it's going to be a drip feed of talent for the years to come. So really, really strong there. And um, Burian, right, let's just get to the Burian. Sam Roberts. How annoying is Sam Roberts? <laughs> like, really? I mean, Christ almighty. That guy who was at Pete Rosenberg who was doing the WrestleMania, you think he was annoying? Fuck me. Wait to hear Sam Roberts and co-commentary on NXT last week. Oh, my God. Do you know who he reminds me of? It's just his voice. Next time you hear Sam Roberts, listen to his voice and think of the wee scientist guy from The Simpsons. You know, the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The wee Finkel scientist... or whatever his name is. Yes. Professor Flink. Yeah. There we go. 
That's Sam Roberts right there. Uh, Honest, he put him on car commentary and he, like, doesn't know his arse from his head. Just terrible. So, um, Buddy and Sam uh, Roberts um, on uh, commentary on that one. Um, Handshaking in the ring. There was a handshake in the ring, right? And these times of self-isolation. Now, at the best of times... Um, I'm not up, for, not up for a handshake because I, I don't like that. I don't like that, you know. You don't but, like sportsmanship, John. You don't no, like sportsmanship. No, you're, saying, I, you're meant to be fighting as wrestlers. You don't shake hands. You go at Have it. you ever been to a martial arts tournament of any kind? They, they bow. They bow. I expect that's a, that's a mark of respect. But shaking. So hands, you're okay with bowing, but you don't like handshaking, truly? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, but um, it was uh, Kushida and uh, Joachim Wild who were still have had ridiculous headgear on. Oh, and then he tad. There was another kidnapping. Um, there was another kidnapping, which just kind of no one bothered about as well as Joaquin Wilde got thrown into the back of a, a motor by two conquistadors. So yeah, more kidnapping and more crime on NXT. Um, but yeah. So I'm assuming that that's building to a new angle. They're loving the ridiculous things now of hackers and kidnapping. And, and would we say they don't have adventurous storylines? Exactly. So kidnapping in NXT, and um, yeah, match of the night. I, it wasn't great. You'd. I think they missed the crowd, but I've got to put through over the three big horses for the North American title, uh, the main event. Um, beef versus beef versus beef versus bigger beef. Big beef. Uh, Dominic Dijakovic versus Keith Lee versus Blinking Natural Infamy. Uh, that's not <laughs> his name, John. You know his name. Uh, Punishment Rodriguez. Punishment Rodriguez. Punishment Rodriguez. Uh, David Priest. The, the, the Archer of Infamy is the worst moniker ever in the history of wrestling, by the way. Um, but yeah, so that, that, that was match of the night. It, was, it, it would have been, I think it'll miss the, it really missed the crowd on it. Um, I think those two guys really need to have a crowd behind them, especially by Keith, but um, I match the night for NXT. Right then, uh, so that was my burning putovers from this week. Uh, Gary, the Raw after WrestleMania, how did the WWE deal with this one? It's, and historically, the greatest Raw of the year. Comebacks, things happening, drafts up from NXT. How did it go this week? I can tell you it definitely was not the greatest Raw of the year, but we kind of knew that was going to be the case anyway, just because, of, you know, the unprecedented circumstances were unprecedented the, the past uh, I, um But no, it was still still quite good. Uh, I'll start with the Berries, um, just because I think the, the putovers are a wee bit better than the Berries, in all honesty. Um, yeah, we, we should probably take that on as under notice, John, and start with the Berries instead of the putovers. Um, but uh, no, um, the the thing I want to bury, annoyingly, there was a lot of good things about this thing, um, but pff, how overly elaborate and complicated the Street Profits segment was. It wasn't necessary. It was 35 minutes long. It was nearly as long as the Edge Orton match. Um, <laughs> when you, we knew where it was going straight away. Uh, as soon as they had the Street Profits come out and Angel Garza and um, Austin Theory come out, for a start, I... I hate when they say WrestleMania rematch. You don't need a WrestleMania rematch any time ever, unless it's like a massive match. You definitely didn't need one for this thrown together match anyway. Um, but as soon as we seen them coming out, after knowing what happened at WrestleMania with Bianca Belair and Zelina Vega, you know where it's going. And then when you see Zelina Vega wearing a ring gear to accompany them to the ring, you know what's happening. As soon as that happened, I'm going, right, we're getting a six-person tag team match. Then they disqualify... Uh, Zelina pulled the leg of whatever Montez Ford or Angelo Dawkins can't even remember because it was that forgettable <laughs> pulled the leg of them disqualification and then they start oh they don't start the match again sorry they start a new match between Zelina Vega and then Bianca Belair who came out and done her entrance even though she was making a save which surely you just run to the ring and make the save so it just made no sense but they've done that they had her come out and, and make her save they had uh, Zelina versus Bianca Belair which got disqualified because Montez Ford and again one of either Angel Garza or Austin Theory were brawling in the ring next to them. There was no need for the disqualification for a start. It made me think, do we need a general manager on Raw? Which is the terrible idea because who needs general managers? They normally are terrible unless they're William Regal. Um, but it was like, no, this just makes no sense. And then we finally got to the six-person tag team match. And by that point, I would lost all interest anyway. So it was just like... Ugh. What a waste of it. And it killed a lot of time, which was the main thing. Exactly. That's exactly why they did it. But the, the Wait, main thing... Can I just say the only... 
Oh, sorry, I was just going to say the main bury comes actually after the match. It's not all that complex stuff. The main bury is Bianca Belair cut a promo at Zelina Vega while facing the hard cam with Zelina Vega behind her in the shot. And then like, the full thing was about Zelina Vega, about her backwards to Zelina Vega, and then turned around afterwards. And I'm going, you've pre-recorded this. Surely you could cut that so that she is cutting the promo to the camera. But it looks like she's cutting it to Zelina Vega. The full thing was just nonsensical, and I absolutely hated it. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to interject, right? The only WrestleMania rematch we ever needed was HBK versus Cena, the 60-minute Iron Man match we did after, what was it, like 24? And that was because it was that. Well, I, the, the other Barry is um, I've been burying these for the past few weeks and I actually kind of I cut off my wooden nose despite my face with this one because uh, when Alistair Black came out this week, I was like, he better not be having another enhancement match. And I made the joke, I, uh, oh, I, I pray to the Monday Night Messiah that he's not going to have another enhancement match. And then who has the enhancement match but the Monday Night Messiah? Oh. With Seth Rollins an enhan- enhancement match. All the people that don't need an enhancement match, you could put Seth Rollins against probably about 80% of the roster and have him either squash them or win pretty emphatically and they'd do it bat an eyelid because he's Seth Rollins. So it was just, what's the point? Um, like Alex said earlier about uh, Lance Archer and Marco Stunt, AEW didn't have the luxury of bringing an enhancement. I wish WWE didn't have that luxury because we don't need enhancement matches unless it's to somebody and Seth Rollins doesn't, doesn't need built up. 100%, 100%. It just seems like it's a waste of time and I don't understand why they are using local talent right now. It just seems to be endangering people they don't need to endanger. I hated that. <laughs> Absolutely hated that. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, what do you think Ron's going to go then, Gary? What do you think? What's his next? I'm assuming that's Owen's kind of, that's, that's done now. So where, That uh, has to be, I, that has to be gone. The weird thing is we've still not seen Buddy Murphy, obviously he'll appear at the Windy, um, but we've still not seen Buddy Murphy, so who knows, but obviously Seth Rollins is still doing this character, so the idea, um, I, I don't know if WWE knows, and, and as we know, that's when we end up with the worst things that ever happen, is when they don't know where they're going, so hopefully yeah. it has a direction that we just haven't seen yet. I wonder, if he, I wonder if they'll put him in the title picture against Drew? Is that... I wouldn't mind that. Aye, I'd be, I'd be quite yeah. good, I wouldn't mind that. I think they'd get some good matches out of that as well. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the thing is, did he not do, just do that kind of last year? That's the only Aye. thing that kind of comes to so, mm. so Right, okay then, uh, moving on for to the putovers then. What are you putting over this week? Um, pretty simple. Good matches. Um, good matches? We, we, we all like seeing good matches, so I need to put over WWE when they put on good lengthy matches. Um, the first one was Liv Morrison, uh, Liv Morgan, sorry, versus Asuka, and I was just going to put over Liv Morgan because I think she's the most improved talent of 2020. I think she's taken over the role of what Lacey Evans kind of did last year, where it's like every time I see her, I'm like, oh, I didn't realise she was actually that good in the ring, and I'm going at some point it's going to be my problem that I didn't notice she was that good in the ring. Um, but Liv Morgan versus Asuka was a brilliant match to kick off raw. It was a match I wouldn't have probably really cared about a few months ago. You know, it's no, there's no storyline there. There's nothing I really want to see about it. Um, but because they've made Liv Morgan this intriguing, because they went over Natalia at WrestleMania, I was invested in the match before it started and it delivered. And the other good match um, that I'm just chucking these into one is Alistair Black versus Apollo Crews. As soon as I seen Apollo Crews coming out, I feared the worst. I was like, right, it's an enhancement match, but it's got Apollo Crews on it rather than an enhancement talent. They let them go for half an hour, and it was a brilliant match. And for that match alone, I feel like I know more about Apollo Crews than I have for the entirety of his WWE run. Mm. Because I've always said he's an amazing talent, but we know absolutely he about him, apart from he's an amazing talent and he likes smiling. He's kind of stopped smiling, which is good. It looks like he's got married an aggressive streak. And I thought that was that was brilliant. Two two amazing matches. They were lengthy matches and they up a big chunk of the programme without boring me. Um the second put over, I'm again just gonna put over WWE for doing something really different. So uh, they kind of set me up for disappointment and didn't disappoint me, which is where I'm going with this one. They said for the entire show that they were going to show us something breaking that happened after WrestleMania, after Drew McIntyre won the title. And for the full time, my mind was racing as to what it could be, but I thought it was going to be something really boring because we normally know this. If WWE is going to, we've got a mystery opponent, it's normally always Kane or Dolph Ziggler. It was always the way you'd always get, it's not actually going to be a mystery opponent we care about, it's going to be something we've seen a hundred times. And I was like, what could it be? And the one thing I thought it was going to be, I thought they were going to show Brock Lesnar, maybe shaking Drew McIntyre's hand, uh, maybe embrace him, maybe 
proclaim him as the, the face of WWE or something like that, which would have been fine. What I didn't expect was for us to get the only WrestleMania too big for one night to become the only WrestleMania too big for two nights because we get another WrestleMania main event and the big show interrupting Drew McIntyre and then us getting a match between Drew McIntyre and the big show, which was better than Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar. Um, so they had me hooked for that full thing. And again, I love a swerve. And this was what everything I've said about the Firefly Funhouse is that it's amazing because it was extremely self-aware. I'm not sure if this was deliberate or not, but I think almost everyone watching that in the back of their mind would have had the Big Show's going to win this because the Big Show show's just been released on Netflix and they're going to put the title on the Big Show to advertise <laughs> the show on Netflix at the end of Raw. It was the one thing that was racing my mind. And of course, it's it's no beyond the realms of possibility that WWE put a title on Drew McIntyre and then take it off him 20 minutes later and show it the next night. So I was genuinely worried. I genuinely thought Drew McIntyre wasn't going to retain the title. And I think it's amazing. Wrestling's great when it's unpredictable and Due to what we think of WWE's booking, they made that match a really enjoyable match between Drew McIntyre and The Big Show, which again isn't something I thought I would say. So I'm just putting them over for being different and giving us something that was pretty exciting to end Raw. Oh, come on, Gary. Predictable. <laughs> the Big Show's turned heel again, for God's sake. I, I, I thought Big Show was winning, I won't lie. And also Drew McIntyre no done the Roman Reigns kick out where it it's like it was very almost three when he, he got his arm up, and I was like, "Oh man, you've you've sold me." Right, okay, match of the night then. Again, I can't choose one. I need to give it a joint match of the night between Liv Morgan, Asuka, and Alistair Black, Apollo Cruz. They were both amazing for different reasons. If you made me choose, actually, I think I would say Alistair Black, Apollo Cruz, just because I didn't expect it to be so lengthy and so competitive, and it does a lot for both people. Um, Apollo Crews needed a good show and Alistair Black needs to stop squashing talents because otherwise we'll just get bored of him. So I will go for Apollo Crews, Alistair Black. They need to get him in the mid-card title run, don't they? Alistair Black, they need to put him in in the hunt for the mid-card. The US title, you know? I I wouldn't mind if they put him straight into the main event picture against Yeah, I I wouldn't mind it. Don't want Drew to lose the title that quickly. And again, I don't really want Alistair Black to lose that match, but it would intrigue me that much that I wouldn't really mind seeing it. Because surely they couldn't do um, they couldn't do Andrade versus Black because they like to into real life couples and they'd have to mention that Black's actually married to Vega. And, yeah. <laughs> that could be awkward. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and remember, um, we want your bunny and putovers. Uh, we're going to do a WrestleMania special on the flagship show with Rab and Grado this week. So get your bunny and putovers overs in for Rab and Grado. You can do that at our Twitter, at Wrestling Daft, on Insta, at Wrestling Daft Podcast, and just Wrestling Daft on Facebook. And the boys will certainly try and read them out this week. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Right, okay, the world is full of bad news at the moment, but it's also filled with wrestling news, uh, though there's not a lot of that as well. Uh, he's been very quiet at the moment, Gary, in terms of his journalistic times, but is there any news out there with which we can report on, Gary? Uh, kinda, I guess. Kinda. I, um, sadly, it's all the same kind of stuff that we've been talking about for the past few weeks, everything revolving around what's happening in the world just now, so annoyingly it all ties into world news, I guess. Um, there's been nothing in the way... Uh, you know, great, great fun. I've, again, I've been kind of out on the out on the sides. I've seen the, the interviews because obviously WWE are only concentrating on the, the main things they can do now, which is the global global things. Um, but the big question, I guess, everybody is asking is: Are we going to keep seeing AEW and WWE putting on shows? AEW is a yes. They have stopped doing live stuff. They've kind of shut down now. Um, that that's something that came out the past few days. But they've got a load in the can. Um, we spoke last week about the TNT Championship tournament um, that's coming up. They've got all that filmed. They've got a load of other stuff filmed. I don't know just how much they've got filmed and how long they can shut down for and keep putting out ta- uh, putting out shows, sorry. But it looks like they've got a fair whack in the can. WWE, on the other hand, apparently have intentions to just keep going. Um, so last night's Raw was filmed um, last week, I think, almost two weeks ago now, sorry, um, around the same time as WrestleMania. Weirdly, apparently, most of it was filmed before WrestleMania, um, but that was pre-recorded. NXT this week is apparently pre-recorded. SmackDown is said to be live. That came from WrestleVotes, who are always um, always pretty on the ball. 
even when they've not been on the ball, it's normally been roughly in the ballpark or thereabouts, or it's came out later that they were on the ball and things get changed. So SmackDown's meant to be live. Next week's Raw is meant to be live. Who knows how it's happening? Because, of course, WWE, the performance center is in uh, Orlando, which there's a kind of an order put out for no gatherings in Orlando just now. So who knows if they've got an exemption. There was a weird and wacky rumor flying about online that Vince McMahon was planning on buying his own island so that he didn't have any restrictions. <laughs> Hopefully he does it and it's a fantasy booking island. That would be good if he wants to reside there. Um, but apparently that, that was a rumor. I don't think that is true, but again, you'd never put it past Vince McMahon. I'm going to believe it. I'm going <laughs> to believe it. It's the fun of it. That's, that's great. That's the best thing I've heard since this COVID big came out. Fantastic. That's made this week. I, I, I think I, you never know, but I'm, I'm going to say that's definitely not true um, <laughs> for, for what I know anyway. <laughs> I think that's the coldest take I can give, but apparently they're planned on still doing live content. Right, okay, I've made an answer for you. for the Performance Centre? Yeah. I've got my, I'm just checking, I've just went and Googled states that aren't in lockdown. <laughs> Uh, so I'm lockdown. guessing this is what he could do is move it to a state that isn't in lockdown yeah. and get an uh, Iowa, I don't think it's in lockdown. Arkansas, Utah, Wyoming, Oklahoma, and North Carolina. I don't think. Of course, lockdown. North Carolina's not on lockdown. Uh, <laughs> well, that was the thing when uh, Georgia wasn't last week, and that's a lot of people think that AEW was recorded in Georgia. Um, but that has since gone into lockdown, so I think that might be a, a wee hint as to why they've closed down operations now. Yeah, so I think he'll just move it round the states that aren't in <laughs> lockdown until they're all locked down and then he'll buy the island. <laughs> Sorry, Gary. <laughs> we'll continue as we wildly speculate where the wrestling might take place. <laughs> what else has been happening? Well, that other bit of news that came out um, yesterday, I, I, want a wee, uh, I want a percentage of whatever Michael Cole's earning because I put a tweet saying that it was uh, something that deserved a lot more credit and then a few hours later, it came out uh, for PWNs that he's got a promotion in the company. Don't really know what the promotion means. Vice President of Announcing. Again, I'm not sure if there is a President of Announcing. or if I was going to ask that, that is, question. I, I, it might be something that's consumed within another job role. You'd have to think it's probably going to be Vince McMahon or Triple H is probably the, the Vice, or sorry, the President of Announcing. Who knows? Um, but Michael Cole's apparently now the Vice President of Announcing. For the past few years, he has been doing a lot of the production side, specifically with NXT, where he's been the person that has been the Vince McMahon that's been relaying stuff back to them. Who knows if it's any different? Um, but I apparently he's got a, a promotion of sorts. Hopefully I was getting paid more because I think he's been carrying the commentary for the past few weeks. I think he's been absolutely incredible, specifically on SmackDown with uh, having other wrestlers interact with him and stuff. So, aye, that, that's some exciting backstage stuff. Um, another bit of exciting backstage stuff. How many times have we mentioned the Firefly Funhouse match this uh, this episode? Quite Needs to be mentioned again. Aye. Um, so, the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match, obviously a lot of people have been talking about them. It was pretty obvious for the Boneyard match that Jeremy Borash had something to do with it. Everybody kind of knows that he's went for Impact to, to WWE over the last year. And he had a big hand in a lot of the Matt Hardy stuff. There weren't any, like massive comparisons but just because it was a conceptual match with the realms of the WWE universe I guess or, or outside the arena people like Jeremy Borash definitely had a hand in that well he definitely did he was one of the names that had a massive say in it but apparently Michael Hayes was the, the big name which was one I didn't expect to be the big name that was uh, doing the production for that and Triple H was heavily involved in the planning but that's just par for the course now we expect him to be um, and yeah Jeremy Borash, of course, uh, like broken universe, he was behind that. So you'd guess that he would have been a, a big heavy feature on that. So that's three big names that um, that were all a part of the, the behind-the-scenes stuff for the Boneyard match. Weirdly, the, the Firefly Funhouse match also had three big names behind it, but there weren't any of those backstage names that you'd think of. Um, of course, uh, Bruce Pritchard, who is the, the creative force behind SmackDown. A lot of people criticised SmackDown last year when he took over for Eric Bischoff. Over the past few weeks, it has been a lot better, and you can see his creative input really coming through. But apparently, he was the big force behind this Firefly Funhouse match, alongside Bray Wyatt. We know they've been letting Bray Wyatt do a lot of stuff recently, creatively, specifically with his character. So, I mean, it won't come as a big surprise for people to know that he had a big say in his match, essentially. But apparently, uh, what's came out is that um, Bruce Pritchard and Bray Wyatt put the initial match together, um, but 
John Cena then had his say on it. They gave it to him. He was like, I wouldn't mind making these alterations. Made a few alterations. And apparently the, the consensus is that the alterations they made were all pretty brilliant. Um, and, and both of those bits of news came from my favourite wrestling journalist, Dave Meltzer. <laughs> um, I, it's intriguing for me to hear the Bruce Pritchard's name being associated with that match because it does. having listened to Bruce Pritchard and been to see something to wrestle with, he's a very kind of old school guy and you wouldn't think that sort of stuff he would be into, you know? No, I, again, I, I, I was very critical of his actual wrestling production because... Um, I said that for a while, SmackDown seemed like it was raw before Paul Heyman took over and it was really dull and it was taking a lot of energy to get through. But the past few weeks, it's been brilliant. Um, so I, I kind of guess, I, based on that, I guess you can't really say that, you know, he's, he's not a great creative mind. So it's no surprise when you think of that, but it's a very different thing to put together a wrestling match to putting together what was essentially a cinematic, like, short film. I guess. So I, that's quite surprising. No surprise that Bray Wyatt was involved. And again, if anybody's seen John Cena's Instagram account, they'll know that he's a pretty wacky, bizarre guy. So no surprise he was involved. But Bruce Pritchard kind of took me by surprise on that one. And that's all the news we've got for this week. Gary, thank you very much for finding those stories. It's been a tough week for you, mate. <laughs> and I think it'll be a tough uh, few months going forward as well. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see if anything comes out that I can actually do some journalism with in uh, an interview, but I think it might be a, a tough time ahead. Yeah. Dave Meltzer's shaking himself. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're all in isolation just now, and as you can probably hear right there, that's my beard at the moment. Um, Gary, your facial hair is, is somewhat grown as well over the, the, the self-isolation and Alex, you, you've went for the full must. Speak for yourselves, gentlemen. Speak for yourselves. <laughs> I know. I'm very, very, very grim during the self-isolation period. You're... Uh, yeah, you've only got some for it as well. Only one person. And that's Harry. You dropped off a couple of blades to come and sort this... I mean, sleazy? Probably the best thing I can say, but it must well, actually... I think, it, I think it looks really good. Um, you basically... You've, can use Harry's, you've used Harry's products and... I've, I've got mines in the house and I'm definitely going to have to do something with this beard because uh, they really do give, a, from what I hear, a brilliant smooth shave. Maybe you can tell us about that, Alex. Is it a good shave? It is, and I'm not someone who shaves very regularly. It's it's very rare, rare occurrence for me. So um, I'm very picky when it comes to what blades I do put on my face. Those two times a year I do it. And the great thing about the, uh, what you get from Harry is you get a real texture grip, uh, razor feel in your hand. Uh, Jeff and Andy, who started the company, are two just normal guys who were fed up with overpriced razors, so they started Harry's to, to basically fix shaving. Um, Harry's knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory, and by taking less profit, Harry offers great quality products at a fair price. They've got amazing quality blades that are almost half the price of the leading five blade brands around. So, you know, it's, it's that five blade cut that you're going to get with Harry's. You can get a, ha a trial set quite easily, which will come with a weighted ergonomic handle. Um, you'll get a five precision engineered blade with a lubricating strip and turn trimmer blade. You'll get rich uh, lathering shave gel in there and you'll get a travel blade cover. So you can get that uh, trial set right now with Harry's. And it's really easy. We've got a special offer here at Wrestling Daft. You can get started with Harry's today by claiming that trial set for just £3.95. Yep, £3.95 for all that stuff. So you'll get the, the razor in there, the travel blade cover, uh, the shave gel. Uh, and you can support the podcast at the same time as well uh, by getting your trial set delivered to you right now. Um, you'll get that by going to harrys.com forward slash wrestling daft. That's harrys.com forward slash wrestling daft and we'll sort you out with a really good shave so you can get your during these times of self-isolation get a good uh, nice little musk uh, musketeer moustache like alex you could open that one up to the wrestling daft listeners as well if everybody's not shaving or not shaving for a while get some uh, harry shaving equipment and get your facial hair into a wrestling persona famous oh i, I like that shaving, uh, famous moustache or famous beard from the wrestling world Absolutely, I'm going to go for so I'm going to get my Harry's and I'm going to go for a Jim the Anvil Nightheart style um, job, I think. So, listen, get involved, become a wrestler with your facial hair, harrys.com forward slash wrestling daft, and you can get sign, signed up right there and get your Harry's trial set right now. 
So, welcome to Fantasy Booking Island. It's slightly harder to get today these days due to the travel restrictions, but we've managed to get out here in a dinghy and we find ourselves on the island post-WrestleMania. And this week, I'm going to try and fantasy book the buried AJ Styles. Now, I feel like this is so proper. The last time we saw AJ Styles, he had his hand stuck out of a grave, uh, which didn't appear to be moving. He's gone. Now he's gone. This AJ Styles, for me, written off TV, okay? But Gallows and Anderson were still about. They, they I mean, they just got thrown off of... They, did they get thrown off of the, the top of the, the, the farmhouse? One gets set in fire. Um, and weirdly, I think it might have been Gallows, who I think played fake cane before in some weird twist of irony. But I think Gallows gets set in fire and Anderson gets thrown off the roof. Right, okay. Right, so... They're, they're kind of partially injured, let's just say that, okay? So, all three of them are written off of, of TV for a little while. But, Gallows and Anderson come back to TV, and but there's no sign of AJ. We don't know where AJ is. They don't know where AJ is. They have no idea. They've not seen him in weeks. They've tried to contact him. Can't get, find him anywhere. What's going on anyway? So, Gallows and Anderson, they're like, well, listen, we've got to go as a team here. We don't need AJ. We can do it as a team. So they finally, they find themselves uh, in the tag team title picture, pushing towards the tag team title against your boys, the Street Profits, Alex. Um, so they get themselves to like, you know, we don't need AJ. We've done it before. We, we're, the, we're the guys here. So suddenly they go on this, you know, they're, they're getting over the tag teams, you know, they go over a few. They get to the Viking Raiders, they go over them. Suddenly, they're set to go into a tag team title match at Extreme Rules. However, during these tag team matches, little funny things are happening in the build. So we're getting like lights flickering, just lights flickering in the arena. Um, we're getting kind of effects and images playing on the screen of symbols and things like that. Similar, I guess, to what's happening a wee bit on SmackDown at the moment, but strange kind of supernatural stuff's happening throughout this, okay? So we get to the title shot against Street Profits Extreme Rules. But before the match, they're walking to ring, walking to the Gorilla Hall Arena. Backstage, front stage, everything, pure darkness. The whole thing gets shut into darkness. Lights come up. Gals and Anderson are completely brutalised, like... This is the most brutal thing you've seen on WWE TV since the Attitude Era. They're in bits like blood, just absolutely lying on the floor, KO'd, right? One of the most brutal things you've ever seen in WWE. There's a whole who, who did it thing. Nobody knows who did it. So on hearing this, Finn Bauer comes back to the main roster and basically is going on a kind of detective hunt here. Comes to the ring, calls out, you know, from the back, right, whoever's man enough to come forward and admit to, to to who did this. Lights go dark again. Lights come up. White lights on the stage. It's AJ Styles, but it's not AJ Styles as we've seen him before. If you think more cruel sting, so kind of white paint face, head completely shaved or I mean, a Mohican or something like that, big dark ring gear, Bauer standing in the middle of the ring. You know, he's here to protect his hand. AJ walks to the ring, absolutely destroys Bauer. You know, he's maybe got his, his demonic tattoos on him, um, grabs the mic. He doesn't blame The Undertaker for what happened to him. He blames Gals and Anderson, and he blames Bauer as well. So this new AJ Styles basically destroys Bauer, sends him to the hospital. So there's a match set for SummerSlam, and out comes Demon Bauer against this new kind of demon AJ. And we have this big showdown at SummerSlam. And there's probably some sort of interference as Gallows and Anderson make the return as well. But then I don't know where it goes from there. But I really like that match. So that's where I'm going to end it. Demon AJ versus Demon Bauer. Yes! The one thing I will say is you're booking the AJ Styles return a lot better than TNA did about 10 years ago when they tried to bring him back as Spike <laughs> AJ. So. <laughs> I thought down at... I thought 
we were going on a similar vein to that where uh, you were going to have the phenomenal one just become the phenom and he would return as the undertaker <laughs> <laughs> he's too small he's too <laughs> small uh, but um, yeah that's I'd love to see AJ come back I think his character I think in WWE has been it just feels a bit stale now um, you know the flip flopped him between face and heel and I love, I love, you know, this the opportunity to reinvent his character, much as they did with Sting with the Crow Sting. I just think that kind of imagery or or something like that. I mean, I'm not quite sure of the the, the artistry and the creative what what he would look like, but something like can some sort of demon esque Asia get? It's just a good excuse after what happened. I've had a, I've had a bit of a thought, John, which has actually changed my opinion, and I'm going to not book it because oh. this is the theme. It sounds too close to the fiend. I think if you're going to have two supernatural characters on both shows, it's going to be too much. Yeah. I think you're going to take the of the fiend. I like the idea. If we take away the supernaturalness, I'm game. But I think going supernatural is going to be too close to Bray. And I don't think it'll be done as well as Bray. And that will hurt it. Right. I get, yeah. Yeah. No, I get, uh, the only reason I can't book it is because I don't like the idea of shaving off AJ Styles' soccer mum. <laughs> Old AJ Styles hair, if it grew back in, we don't want to see his hair again for uh, what it was like in TNA. That's uh, <laughs> something they needs to see. Oh my word, I can't believe it. Also, John, I have to call you a mark for referencing New Japan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all faulty pieces. Oh no! <laughs> Alright, okay. So, booking failure. Oh well, it was worth a it's now time for that part in the show we like to call it the 10 count we ask our wrestler 10 questions about wrestling they can't they've just got to give us a quick fire answer and this week it is the one and only kid fight first wrestling match you watched uh, the, the earliest memory I've got is Tatanka versus Yokozuna. Best match you wrestled in? Uh, it's, it's hard to can't, never answer that. One of my most memorable but was against Paul London at ICW. That one was good. Favourite opponents? Favourite opponent? Uh, bit of generic answer. Um, all the guys I've come through with, including Gredo here, me and him just tore it up at, at SW the other week there. And I also really love working my own trainees because obviously I've taught them and I feel like I know them before they're even off and running. Favourite wrestler of all time? Yeah, when I was wee, got to be Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart. Favourite tag team? Favourite tag team. Do you know what? When I was young, the Rockers, when I broke into wrestling, the Briscoe Brothers. Favourite finishing move? My lockback DDT. <laughs> Named after my favourite blade. Favourite promo of all time? <laughs> Pass. <laughs> I don't know. Wrong answer. I don't know, man. They're all just there to do a job, aren't they? Promos, eh? Jake the Snake done one on EEW the other day. It was Aye. fucking class. There we go. Favourite entrance theme? Favourite entrance theme? Moan. Favourite pay-per-view? Conor McGregor ones. Favourite match of all time? Uh, just the attitude era in general and how it was all done. All the main events. So that's it from Wrestling Daft Marks post-mania. It'll be interesting to see what the wrestling world has in store over the next couple of weeks. You know, this is this, usually the launch pad for lots of other things happening in WWE and uh, wrestling around the world, but... We shall see what happens. It sure as hell will be a roller coaster ride as professional wrestling ever. My thanks, as always, to Gary Cassidy. Thank you. And Big Alex. Sobered up. Sobered up. <laughs> um, before we go, um, this week on the list of Wrestling Dash, Rab and Gradle will be back with the flagship show on Friday at 3.16, as always. Um, this week on the list of Wrestling Daft, guys, I put it up to the poll for our patrons. It was between best matches to happen outside the ring off the back of Firefly Funhouse match and the Boneyard match at the weekend and the greatest moment in Scottish wrestling now that was obviously off the back of Drew winning which probably will be the greatest moment in Scottish wrestling but I wanted to know the other great moments in Scottish wrestling and it was actually the greatest moments in Scottish wrestling that won it so guys you are both big fans of Scottish wrestling Alex come to you first what is the greatest moment in Scottish wrestling I don't want to give it to him, but I think I have to give it to him. It, for me, it has to be Drew versus Grado at the SECC. <laughs> I, I don't want to have to give it to him, but it, it's to me, it's it. You had the fans, you had the story, you had the big comeback from Drew. It was the culmination of like a year's worth of storytelling, and you also had like the ICW documentaries going on in BBC at the time as well. So it was just 
so much hype with a big payoff. Yeah, uh, I don't think Grady will disagree with you on that one. Um, Gary, what was it for you? I think anybody that doesn't say that is wrong because I think that is the greatest one of all. Um, <laughs> oh, come but, on! But I, but I don't want to choose the same one as Alex. Um, I think possibly, right, there's a few that'll just below it. Maybe a Triple H appearing in an ICW ring, even what wasn't in Scotland because that's a mental moment. Um, I'm sure yeah. that was in Cardiff. Uh, Stevie Boy um, cashing in uh, his square goal contract. But I actually oh, think I'm going about Romania. Oh. I, but I, but I'm actually also going to give it to Grado. Um, I need to give it to him for the Gradoberg entrance. That's, <laughs> I, that's, like, that's the Gradoberg entrance is going to be the, the best moment. Oh God, you too. <laughs> wait till this is you, the problem. That's, that's why we're called the Marks. <laughs> oh, wait, uh, wait till he hears this. Um, right. Well, yeah, I, I'll, I'll disagree with both of you because I, I work with Grado all the time, and I don't want to get him. To, getting too big ahead though I probably would say that him winning the SCCC is it but I'll go for actually Drew McIntyre uh, making his debut on WWE as the chosen one all those years ago because uh, I just think for Scottish wrestling for you know everyone involved with Scottish wrestling it was like yeah we can get there and you know since then we've seen so many of the guys head up there no um Wolfgang, Coffees, Nicky, uh, Viper, you know, I just think for the whole Scottish wrestling industry, that was the moment it goes, yep, we can do this too. And I think it was Mark Dallas said uh, on Twitter the other day, it's like Samoa, the centre of uh, the best wrestlers in the world, Scotland, past the bucky. You know, it's like, <laughs> take my bucky. So, you know, it's, um, yeah, I, I, I'll go for that one, just so Grady doesn't get a big head. Um, I, but listen, if you want to give Grado a big head, get us on Twitter. Tell us what you're thinking. Watch words, John. That could be very misconstrued. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get us on Twitter. Let us know what your favourite moments are on the list of uh, Wrestling Daft. It's the greatest Scottish moments this week with Fab and Grado. And like I say, that'll be able to download that on at Friday at 3.16. At this point in time, we're hoping to have Steve Winsky, uh, who is a referee who has loads of great stories and great donos. Uh, so we're hoping to have him on the show and we'll have the brilliant putovers and all the usual banter on that. Guys, thanks very much for the marks this week. Stay safe and wash your hands, guys. Stay safe, wash your hands. Don't go outside, watch wrestling. Wear a face mask if you do. <laughs> Listen to Boris. I hate to say it. Audio Frontier.